Father of all holes, we thank you for uh, being a part of this worship experience. If you would pray with me tonight as we prepare to listen to God's word, I look into God's word and hear what he has to say to us tonight. Let's pray together. Most gracious and eternal fathers, again, that we come before your presence and we are so grateful to you for these shared moments together in worship and in praise. We thank you, Lord, for the blessings of this day and for the blessings of being able to worship together in community, to hear your word proclaimed, to meditate on your word, to apply your word to our lives. We ask you now, in the name of Jesus, to arrest our attention, open our eyes, and we may behold wonders of your truth. Our ears, we may hear your truth, our minds, that we may understand and comprehend the truth of your word. But most importantly, open our hearts tonight that we may receive with meekness your word, which is able to save our souls. Evangelize every sinner, edify, energize your church, exalt your glorious name. And Lord, we will be so careful to give your name all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. What is in the mighty, magnificent, majestic, matchless name that's above every name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. All believers stay together. Amen. What's so special about Christmas? We've been walking through this time of preparation to celebrate the birth of the Lord. And we've talked about that we are favored by God. We have discussed that we can have confirmation even when we are conflicted within our souls, we can find club, we can find um, comfort for our cluttered minds, and that God oftentimes uses untimely surprises um, for His own purposes for our good. Tonight, if you would turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter two, Deacon Coleman has already read this text aloud once. And if you permit me, I want to read it again. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. We invite you to stand with us, wherever you are, for the reading of God's word out of reverence, for this being the word of the living God. Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. The Bible says, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel of the Lord said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying. 
child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Verse 10, the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For a few moments, I want to talk about good news from glory. Good news from glory. Good news from glory. We live in a 24-hour news cycle world. Throughout the course of any day, you can turn to your favorite news network, click on your favorite app, or navigate the timeline on social media to get the latest scoop or the breaking stories that are going on in the world around you. People are fascinated with being in the know wanting to be the first to know what's going on. Reporters chase news stories in order for their news outlet to get the credit for breaking the news. And as we are glued to our electronic devices, as we are trolling, strolling up and down Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or looking at CNN, MSNBC, or Fox. Whatever it is, oftentimes the stories are not very joyful. Most of them are quite heart-wrenching. And in fact, they can be heartbreaking. It seems as if the news media knows very well that in order to capture our attention, we gravitate to bad news. We began to get caught up in what is going wrong in our world. And as a result of this constant feeding of negative information, as a result of this constant breaking of devastating news. Many of us find ourselves in a state of depression. Many of us are perplexed and oftentimes become pessimistic, seeing the glass as half empty and not half full. We've even gotten to the place where we expect the worst and hope for the best. Even today, we can watch news media outlets as the death toll rates continue to escalate and the cases can continue to multiply. There we are encapsulated by the negative news that is going on in the news cycle. 
it just weighs on us heavily. Is there anything good going on in the world? Is there anything that can bring us great joy after eight months of enduring a pandemic? Is there anything that gives us light at the end of the tunnel? Is there any ray of sunshine or a glimmer of hope to which we can find some comfort in the midst of all despair? I want to tell you tonight, brothers and sisters, there is some good news. In the midst of COVID-19, there is some good news. In the midst of whatever may be going on in your life, if you are grieving, there is good news. If you're going through financial difficulties, there is good news. Regardless of the tragedies that you're reading on your Facebook feed, there is some good news. And this good news, my brothers and sisters, transcends time periods. It transcends news cycles. It does not matter what is going on around us. It does not matter what is even going on within us. There is good news. Good news not on CNN. Good news not on Channel 5. Good news not on Channel 8 or Channel 12. But there is good news from glory. And these angels brings the good news first to these lowly shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night. Behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. It was an ordinary night. These shepherds were working the overnight shift, the late night shift, in order to protect their sheep. From those uh, predators that were always working to destroy the flock. And while they were diligently going about their nightly responsibilities, while they were just going through the common mundane routines of their responsibilities or of their job, the Bible says that suddenly there is breaking news from glory. Suddenly there is a breaking news alert that comes from the heavens as the Bible says that an angel appears unto these poor shepherds with good news. The Bible tells us that they tell the shepherds, don't be afraid. I know that there's a lot going on in the world, but don't be afraid. I know that right now, Roman oppression is real, but don't be afraid. I know that you are on the low total pole of society, but don't be afraid. And brothers and sisters, when we read the Christmas narrative, the one thing that we see throughout the story is God keeps saying, fear not. And I want to just stop here and put a footnote on this sermon to say that while there is much to fear in this world, while there's much, my brothers and sisters, that can bring about great alarm, when we look at the news media, we see all the devastation that, the devastation that is ravaging our communities and our city, when we see racism and we see injustice, when we see, uh, my brothers and sisters, that people are calling right, wrong, and wrong, right, when we see the 
question tonight, Pastor B, uh, very quickly, what is the good news from glory? What, what, is, what is this breaking news that the angel gives to these shepherds? Well, the first thing is, the angels say to the shepherds and to us tonight that there is good news because the glory had returned. The glory had returned. There's good news because the glory had returned. The Bible says that when the angel shows up before these shepherds in verse 29, that the glory of the Lord was shone around them. The glory of the Lord was not on the angels, only, but the glory of the Lord was shone upon the shepherds. All of a sudden, that midnight feel of that deep country, uh, backwood area in the region of, of Judea is now lit up like the streets of New York. All of a sudden, the light of the day, the light of glory has completely deleted the darkness of the night and they look around and the glory of God is shining all around them. This is good news. It's good news, my brothers and sisters, because the glory of God is uh, symbolic of God's person, God's power, and God's physical manifestation of his presence amongst his people. The glory of God, my brothers and sisters, fills with the weight of God. It deals with the essence of God. It deals with who God is and all that that encompasses. And Israel knows about the glory of God. They know about the glory of God, my brothers and sisters, because uh, when they came out of uh, Egypt, the Bible says that God's glory had already been revealed in how he worked in place. And then he put his glory in a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Israel knew about the glory of God. And they, they knew that the glory of God was leading them like a GPS navigating backwoods when you don't know what direction you were going in. They knew that the glory of God was leading them even though they were going into uncharted territory. They knew that the glory of God was helping them to fight their battles. They knew about the glory of God because when Moses would go to the tent of meeting to pray and intercede for the people, the Bible says that the glory cloud, the Sakana glory of God would descend upon the tent of meeting while he was praying and no one dared to go near the tent. They stood reverently and watched Moses as he processed to the tent because the glory of God brought about a reverential fear. They knew about the glory of God. They knew about the glory of God because when Moses went up on the Mount Sinai and he tells the Lord, we're not going to leave here unless you go with us. And he asked God that bold, bodacious question. He says, Lord, show me your glory. And God tells Moses, you're asking for something that you cannot handle because if I show you who I am, you won't be able to live. But I'm going to hide you in the cleft of a rock and I'm going to 
that the temple would house the glory. They could do anything and live any kind of way, but as long as they had the temple, they had the glory of God. But brothers and sisters, what happened was God took his glory away. And for 400 years, there has not been any revelation from heaven. For 400 years, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, we have the intertestamental period um, where there is complete silence. My brothers and sisters, it's not that people weren't preaching. It's not that choirs weren't singing. It's not that churches weren't open. It wasn't the pandemic that put religious organizations and institutions out of business. No, they were going to and forth, and they were doing their religious practices. They were sacrificing. They were going to the temple. They were going to the synagogue. They, my brothers and sisters, they were all observing the tents of meeting and, and the feast of tabernacles. And they were observing all of their annual days, but the glory was not there. No, does that not characterize the reality for many churches today? Ah. Uh, they have church people gather, songs of song, but nothing is changing because the glory is not there. Nothing is being manifested because the glory is not there. The welcome in the occasion, the choir singing the end, and the selection, the poem, and the solo, and the guest preacher, but no glory. And when there's no glory, my brothers and sisters, it brings about hopelessness. People have been living without the glory, without the physical manifestation of God's presence amongst his people. But suddenly, that night, the glory returned to the earth and it shone upon the shepherds. But the glory didn't return in that field. The glory was in the manger. Yeah, the glory was in the manger because John says, my brothers and sisters, that we beheld his glory, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The glory of God is in the person of Jesus Christ. And now that Christ is born, the glory has returned. The physical manifestation of God's presence amongst his people. You shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's good news from glory, my brothers and sisters, is that the glory has returned. And I want you to know no matter how dismal your plight may be, and no matter what you may be going through, no matter how difficult your heel may be to climb, know this. My brothers and sisters, you are going to be all right because there's glory with you. There's glory because God's presence is not only around you, but if you are a believer, God's presence is within you and you carry the glory of God. Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm glad tonight that in the midst of all of the darkness, there's glory. In the midst of all of the devastation, I see God moving in our midst. The glory has returned. But not only has the glory returned, that's good news from heaven because the gospel was proclaimed. The gospel was proclaimed. These angels, messengers from God, come 
times like these I have an anchor. I'm very sure my anchor holds and grips the solid rock. My brothers and sisters, the good news of the gospel is we have a Savior. We have someone to save us from our sin. He is able to cleanse us from something that science cannot genetically modify, that they cannot vaccinate us from the effects of sin in our lives. But we have a Savior that's able to heal our sin-sick souls. I want to tell you, your greatest need in life is not to be rich. Your greatest need in life is not to drive fancy automobiles. Your greatest need in life is not to make a certain amount in a salary, but your greatest need in life is to be saved from your sin. Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You need a savior. And the sad thing is many people are going through their day-to-day -day routine and they have all of the luxuries and all of the amenities and everything that they, in the wildest imagination is right at their fingertips, but they don't have a savior. Jesus comes into the world and the angel says, the good news is we have a Savior. I don't care what's going on in your life tonight. If you have Jesus, that's good news. If you have a Savior, that is good news. If you have a Savior that has redeemed your soul and washed your soul and keeping your soul, that is good news. No matter what may be going on physically in your body, no matter what may be going on around you psychologically, or whatever may be going on around you in the physical world, brothers and sisters, we have a Savior. Saves us from our sin. And he is Christ. He is the promised one. He is the anointed one. And he is the Lord. That the good news is, my brothers and sisters, that um, God has come into the world to save us. That's good news that God has come into the world to save us from our sins. That he was in the manger and while helpless babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, he was still Lord of all creation. He never ceased to be God, even though he became flesh. That's good news for us that we have been saved from our sin. This is such good news, my brothers and sisters, that God is in flesh, that God came down to us because we could not go up to God, that no matter how we tried to please God, we could not do it. So God descended into time and space in order to lift us up to where he was through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And this is such good news, my brothers and sisters, that suddenly it changes from a solo act to a communal act because that one angel that came to proclaim the gospel is now joined by the mass choir of heaven because the Bible says that a host of angels are now gathering around this one messenger and they began to 
or with those with whom he is pleased. Ah, uh, I want you to get this tonight, as I am about finished. The angels are uh, uh, praising God uh, for the birth of God. The angels are praising God for good news that was given to us. Uh, the angels are praising God about something that they cannot even completely benefit from. The angels join together in a great doxology of praise. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. That's King James a goodwill toward men. The angels are praising God. It amazes me how angels can praise God about what God has done for us. And we can't praise God unless we're praising God for some material blessing that's on the way. I want you to just think about that. Angels are praising God because of his salvific work in the world. Angels who sit around the throne of God and bow down and worship God all day, all night. Angels who have seen what we know to see. Angels who have seen what we clarify or we describe as eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. Angels who have seen the glory of heaven is praising God for what he's doing in time for mankind. And then we come to church and we got to hear about a blessing that's on the way. We got to hear about um, God making us rich. We got to hear about prosperity. We got to preach about prosperity because just preaching good news is not good enough. But I suggest you tonight that the angels are praising God because they have a much grander view than we do. We have a bottom look and they have a top down look. See, we, we, we are just celebrating a baby in a manger. But uh, brothers and sisters, when the angels are praising God in this text, the Bible says that they are praising God not just for the baby that was born, but they are praising God because they are witnessing God's plan of redemption unfolding before their very eyes. They are praising God because for the last 42 generations, starting with Abraham, God has been working toward this moment. They are praising God because we can go back beyond Abraham into the garden of Eden when God says the seed of a woman shall strike the head of the serpent. They are praising God because they recognize that this is a moment, my brothers and sisters, that God has been unfolding since eternity past. They are praising God because now 
good news from glory is not just that the glory has returned and not just that the gospel was proclaimed, but the good news is that grantees were revealed. Who are the recipients of this news? Who is this news for? Some things I've heard people talk about the vaccinations that are unfolding or are going around the country. And some people say, I'm not going to take it. I don't know if it's safe or not. But the truth is, by the time it gets to men of all communities, there will be a lot of evidence about whether the vaccine is safe or not. Because sometimes good news like that can get to the privilege before it gets to the poor. Sometimes it reaches the houses of power before it gets to our house. Sometimes uh, the people on Wall Street gets it before it gets to those who are on Main Street. But this good news of glory worked in reverse. It didn't go to the halls of power. God chose to work from the bottom up. He went to the fields of Judea and found some poor shepherds. Some people who were outsiders, ostracized, looked down upon. And the first people to receive the good news for the humble, those of humble estate, those who didn't have a lot of those who didn't have a lot of prestige and privilege received the news first. This is not saying that those who are of more affluent states and those who have more money and more privilege and more prestige cannot receive the gospel. But it is saying that the gospel is not for nobility only. But it's also for the nobodies. It's also for the people who don't have titles and don't have names and are being overlooked. And God prioritizes them first. God reveals it to them first. These humble people. And not only is it revealed to those who have humble estate a humble status, but it's also revealed to those who have an humble attitude. And this is more important than your status or your state in life. The gospel is for the rich and the poor. It's for the haves and the have-nots. But it is only received by those who are humble enough to receive. Jesus said, let's just become humble like a child. Uh, you cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. There is a humility. God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. There is a humility that's necessary in order to receive the gospel, in order to receive the good news of glory. Humility, humbleness. I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, that the text is surely saying something. 
when the angels sang that song, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. It is saying something to us that the peace that comes with the good news for glory is only experienced by those who are humble enough to receive it in faith. Because the Bible says it is for those with whom he is pleased. And I hear Hebrews saying that uh, without faith it is impossible to please God. And in order to have faith, you must become humble. You must humble yourselves in order to have faith. My brothers and sisters, God reveals himself to those who are humble enough to receive what he has to Uh, that when we look at the baby uh, that's lying in 
righteousness. And, uh, and that's good news uh, for you and I tonight. And, uh, and when we look at that old baby boy uh, that's lying in swaddling clothes, uh, we also see uh, the Savior of the world uh, who's going to take a old wooden cross uh, and allow them uh, to lay it upon uh, his shoulders uh, and march up the Vila Della Rosa. Uh, we see uh, the Savior uh, who's going to be hung high uh, and stretched wide uh, with nails uh, in his hands uh, and nails uh, in his feet uh, and ribbons in uh, his side. Uh, when we see uh, that little baby boy uh, born in Bethlehem, uh, we also can see uh, the crown that's going to be placed upon his holy head and the sin of all ages from time past to the present and time forward being laid upon his holy shoulders and we're going to see that baby die for our sin die for our I'm <laughs> 
Tug and stress just came all over me. 
children. One who is there. This is our last Wednesday. Some of you have had tough years. Some of you have been suffering in silence. I want to say something. I'm going to do a video about this later. This is how I talk about it tonight. Let me take this say all this. You are experiencing domestic abuse. Whether it's physical, church shouting and hoping that through their shout they can get through the night without being beat on physically and verbally. And you came to church and brought your burden to the Lord and left it there. You prayed about it. You trusted God through it. Don't stay in a abusive place. your plight may be tonight, the gospel of Jesus Christ 
fix your story. That's why we got to get away from name and claim and hold on to each other, grab this on the way, as if the good news is not enough. That good news that came with God coming into time is still good news today. If your heart is humble enough to receive it. Someone may be 